0: Hello, and again, welcome to Bit Depth. I'm Santiago Ramones. Across from me is... Chloe Beth. Who are you? What do you do?
1: Um, I am a musician. Uh, yeah, I'm a musician. I write songs. <laughs> I play songs.
0: Yeah.
1: I do it again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, then how did you first get started in music?
1: Uh, <laughs> I got started in church, actually. Cool. Um... Yeah, I started singing in church when I was 11.
0: Mm. Uh, Where, I guess, how do you get to doing it for your primary passion aside from just starting and singing at church? How
1: did it grab you? (laughs) I think around the same time I started writing songs. Okay. Um, And then my mom took me to a few open mics where I would play my songs that I'd written and then I realized I had more to say than just in the church and was like I think I want to do it elsewhere too yeah
0: what were those first songs like and do you still have them
1: (laughs) I don't um still have them but I remember that they were either like super emo I was a very uh I was a very like Um, sad kid (laughs) just writing about how I was sad Um, or I was writing Christian songs so Mm -hmm. songs yeah just about God and like uh, experiences with that at 11 years old yeah Um, (laughs) my subject matter has changed (laughs) sure
0: Uh, tell me about your early life Uh, you just told me that you were from Enid and where like even Open mics, like and what was it like growing up? Yeah. <laughs>
1: um. So, the first open mic I ever went to was actually after church. It was on a Sunday afternoon at the Pressure Cooker Lounge, mm-hmm. um, in Enid, and um, a lot of bars in Enid are smoking still. Like this was many years ago, um, but even today they're still smoking. Um, they're uh, just just a really um, low-key kind of vibe. Um, very laid back. Everyone plays pool. You know, everyone's super excited about each other at the open mics in Enid. Like, um, music is not, it's popular. There are definitely artists in Enid, so it's not, like, unheard of, but it's um, its a very small group of people, so any they're very welcoming to new people and were super sweet to me when I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, we would do, like, a... An open mic, but then there also was a Sunday like round. So I we would sit in a circle of like twelve people and each person would do a song and cool. it was very sweet and welcoming.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um and then yeah, just life outside of music. What was yeah, growing up in Enid like?
1: <laughs> um <laughs> it was it was interesting. I uh Enid's interesting because so it's like a 50,000 or 60,000 people. Um, and the main reason why Enid's even a town is because of the air force base. Mm. So, um, I think that's why it stays the way that it is. Uh, and it's like, it's not a city, but it's also a city. It's like a really big town, I feel like. So, um, it felt small and it felt, also really big at the same time because we were the biggest city for like two hours anywhere, you know, Wichita's two hours, OKC's two hours, Tulsa's, you know. Um, so that was interesting. Um, and I think church was a really big thing. I mean, everyone was in church. Um, if you weren't in church, it was a really (laughs) big surprise. Um, And I didn't mind it. I definitely, I'm, I'm thankful to not be there anymore. Um, just because I feel like there's a lot more opportunity, a lot more diversity. Like Enid is very like all one thing Mm -hmm. all of the time. Um, so I feel like, I don't feel like I stand out as much in OKC. I felt like an Enid. I stood out like a sore thumb kind of, (laughs) (laughs) which might've been my own, uh, just me making it up. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question or not.
0: <laughs> what brought you to OKC?
1: Uh, college. I I went to ACM. Second
0: hmm. two. So, I did too. so uh, yeah. what spurred the decision to go to college for music?
1: Well, uh, my. Mom and dad didn't go to college. I think my dad went to like a few classes and then dropped out and my mom's a cosmetologist. um, So she does hair and no one in my family has gone to college. And so they were, they raised me to be like, you are going to be the first person to get a degree. And so I always had that in my mind. But then when it got to the point where I was like having to make that decision, I wasn't interested in anything <laughs> Except for music. And so uh and and honestly, I am not uh musically intelligent enough to get a performance degree, um, or to like go to any college that actually had a music program. I definitely was like a very um um like songwriter kind of thing, not very technical. So um ACM was kind of great because I ended up studying, uh, audio production and commercial music. So music business, yeah, yeah. um, and those worked really well for me. And, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's kind of what led me there.
0: Yeah. It figures that, uh, I don't know about you, but like, I think, well, when did you go to ACM? What year, I guess, did you start? <laughs> uh,
1: 2018.
0: Okay, uh, because they like added the like songwriting major after I had left.
1: Yeah, me too. (laughs) Well, they didn't add it after I would left, but I think they added it the year like the last year I was there. Yeah. So I was like already almost done, and I was I can't do that. But I think it's really cool that people get to do it now.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um. Do you did you enjoy ACM? Did you get out of it what you expected?
1: Um, yes and no on both. <laughs> um, I enjoyed it for some things, like the people are amazing, um, very encouraging. Like all you have to do is just be willing to learn and like be willing to ask for help. And I feel like people are very kind, the professors, the other students. Um, and it's such a great place to like, if you're, you can do a lot of recording there and like, it's it's awesome. Um, I hated college, just that, like um, going to classes and doing homework. And I was gigging a lot. I mean, I was gigging entirely through all of school. So I was overwhelmed a lot. And I was very relieved to be done, um, which I think is pretty typical. Um, I think I don't know what I expected going in. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like I learned a lot. I was actually surprised my senior year. um, I started going to to studios more like professional studios more my junior and senior year and I actually knew what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was surprised cause I definitely, as far as like engineering goes, I was like mids in my class, you know, like I, I wasn't the best, I wasn't the smartest, but I also wasn't, you know, sh- like struggling too much. Sure. Uh, but I definitely thought I knew nothing. And then I realized like they actually taught me a lot about, um, engineering and the business side too. Like, yeah. um, I feel like, I mean, I know a lot about, like, copyright and publishing and, like, how not to get screwed over. I feel like most of it's just, like, how not to get screwed over. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I I had no idea what to expect, honestly. Whenever I was 18, I had no idea the breadth of the music industry and the music world. Um, but I feel like, I feel, I feel good about it for the most part.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you were also doing the thing you were gigging all through school but I mean that's the thing (laughs) you're doing it Uh, so well actually first of all just a little side question who's your PRO?
1: (laughs) Um, ASCAP Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah I keep telling my music friends that like if you haven't already signed up on whatever PRO like please do so I I tangentially work for I don't know if I'm like at liberty to say that on record but like cool here you go (laughs) (laughs) and and so like I assist in the like making sure that if music gets used in stuff that those people are on the list so that they can get paid.
1: That's super neat
0: and wow! It's really important for every musician to get on a uh, PRO. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So they and can to make like money. Own your
0: own publishing and like, <laughs> yeah. It, mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, taking that moment to do that PSA It yeah. is important. <laughs> uh, here's a question, kind of also just like for me: How do you get gigs?
1: <laughs> um,
0: how do you get gigs?
1: How do I get gigs? Yeah uh nowadays it's mostly just like word of mouth mm-hmm. um so you know i played somewhere and some person was there and saw me and then asked me to be at their place or you know they saw a post and were like oh she's playing music you know um so yeah it's just like exposure and like you know being out there um when i first moved to OKC, um, I got gigs by going open mics all the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) on the regular and just talking to people and then going to people's shows and like kind of just, you know, doing and then sending hundreds of emails and getting no answers, you know, for the most part. And then like one person answers and you're like, oh, thank God. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's just kind of, I don't know. It's just kind of like grinding a little bit, (laughs) putting yourself out there.
0: Yeah. Um, What would you say is, and this is the uncomfortable thing, I guess, about being an artist and being a performer is like, what is the thing that like, what's your shtick? (laughs)
1: Like when I'm asking for gigs?
0: Well, just like as an artist, who like who is this artist and why should we book you or whatever, you know?
1: I really, I don't think I've nailed that down yet. I mean, I think I say um, that I'm pretty honest, like that my music is pretty honest, mm-hmm. um, but also like very strong. Um, but yeah, I, I'm i not sure. I think I'm still working on that. Yeah, I'm yeah. figuring out exactly what that is. Um, it, it changes so much too. I think the only thing that really like, maintains is the honest vulnerability and the strength that I put behind it but also I feel like as I get older I'm kind of honing in on it a little bit more and uh but yeah I'm not sure um I'll figure it out
0: right (laughs) but that's like the scary thing too is that as just a creative person like not just a product to be sold like we're we're just like people and we have to like figure out how to like turn ourselves into products and that's like really strange.
1: <laughs> it's almost, I, I, when I was younger, I spent so much time trying to brand myself. And so I would like dress a certain way and mm-hmm. like kind of try to mold my songs into one sound and do the whole thing. And then I don't know when I let go of that probably sometime in college, but I finally was like, I don't, I don't care anymore, you know? And I feel like, um, exploring, writing different kinds of songs and, um, dressing how I wanted and just being myself. I feel like I've finally kind of been able, like I, my, who I am yeah. is my brand, you know? Exactly. Um, and, and also I really admire the people who have like a persona that they mm-hmm. do. And like, I think that that's so beautiful. And I think I tried to lean into that a little bit and was like, I don't think that I I'm capable. Um, but yeah, I love that. I love that side of things too. But anyway, yeah, I feel like for me, figuring out the brand has kind of just been letting go of trying to fit myself into that box.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and that's a bit. And yeah, I I don't want it to sound like by asking the question, it's like you should have this thing, but yeah. it's more about the the whole. We kind of our products, and it's gross. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so then you kind of talked about how like trying to fit songs into a sound and then not, what was that sound? And then now what are you doing?
1: Um, when I was younger, I, I don't know, it was kind of more country. Mm. Um, and I really tried to still, I wanted my content to seem my age. Mm. Um, so I censored myself a lot and, uh, tried to be kind of innocent. Um, cause when I started like going out and singing, you know, I was 14 years old. And so, um, people didn't want to hear like gritty stuff from a 14 year old girl. Cause that's kind of upset, you know, like <laughs> it's a little, it's a little much. And so I think that, and then, um, I had a really like clean tone and I sang really high most of the time um but wasn't really using like strength behind my voice. Um I wrote a lot of stuff with like mostly major chords and uh very like swingy and kind of like um yeah, very country but like a little poppy and that kind of thing folky um and yeah, I I think that was the the thing i was trying to fit into
0: (laughs) now what's coming out of you
1: i feel like um i feel like my stuff is a lot more um straight up uh, and I'm not really I'm not worried about what I'm going to say and how people are going to feel about it anymore, um, because it, it's it's not my problem. You yeah. know, like if someone has an issue, they just don't have to listen or, you know, okay. that kind of thing. Um, I definitely have a lot more vibrato now. I have a lot more grit and power mm-hmm. um, in my voice and uh, I write more complex songs with more chords I used to write like two chord songs on the regular and now Mm -hmm. (laughs) do more of that kind of thing um so yeah not too much of a huge change but um it feels more me now (laughs) yeah
0: yeah um I don't know like going into like different trains of thought here uh influences who are you who were you listening to who are you listening to And is that making its way into your music?
1: Um, When I started, I was, (laughs) I was listening to, uh, I love The Killers. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved The Killers. Like Hot Fuss was my everything. Brandon Flowers was my everything. Um, Mm -hmm. Florence and the Machine, her, I think it's called Lungs. That record Mm -hmm. was um, super big for me. And uh, who else? I listened to a ton of Mumford and Sons. I, I really loved Mumford and Sons.
0: The hey-ho era.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, all of that, like the, kind of like the, the 2010s indie mm-hmm. genre, basically, um, was super influential for me. Uh, lately, I listened to a lot, like everything Justin Vernon, mm-hmm. um, I love, I love everything he does. I listen, I've been listening to Volcano Choir and Big Red Machine lately, um, which Big Red Machine is him and the guy from the national, I can't remember his name. Um, and then Volcano Choir is kind of old, but they have really beautiful songs. And, um, Justin Vernon sings in his falsetto a lot, but in Volcano Choir, he sings in his chest and is very like, like, um, I don't know. He's got a really beautiful voice in those songs. And uh, I've been listening to Katie Kirby. She's an indie artist. Um, Angie McMahon and um, who else? There's this band called Lamelda. I I don't know if that's how you say it, but um, they have some really great songs. And yeah, so kind of more like indie stuff yeah. lately. Um, so I guess I haven't really changed much, but...
0: <laughs> well, I mean, what is of the time though so yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah that's the other direction my brain went to is is voice Mm -hmm. so how do you feel about your voice like it I'm primarily a singer as well Mm -hmm. and and there's this weird thing that happens as you're like getting to know yourself as a singer Mm -hmm. that there's like a thing that you want to be and you're striving towards. And then there's just like the thing that you are and like are settling towards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was that sort of exploration for you?
1: Um, I have always wished that I was a low singer. Like mm-hmm. I've always wanted to be like a really um, full deep alto singer um, and I'm definitely not i'm mm-hmm. much i'm definitely full soprano like uh all of the time, and um I think, yeah, I just wish I sounded more like like i wish I sounded more like a man mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so i kind of i tried that for a little while, and just it was impossible you know its for yeah. me to sound any different than i do um so now I think um. Lately, what I've been learning is all of the different ways that you can use your voice. I think starting out, I sang a lot in my, in my mix. So I sang a lot like, um, in my middle range and was very like clean toned. Um, and now I've learned like, you know, uh when i sing in my chest it sounds fuller and more resonant but then like when i sing in my mix it has a different more like pure tone but mm-hmm. then i can bring the vibrato into it and like um have some emotion and um so yeah i think i'm learning that it's okay to have all of the different facets and explore them and and use them in different for different emotions or in different songs or um i don't have to be so much one thing yeah anymore yeah
0: um yeah uh just to like say this out loud there's this like perception that like singers don't know anything or like vocalists are like not don't know anything yeah Uh, (laughs) but like I know and I know the language that you're speaking right now but like I know that there's tons of people that are like I don't know what like chest mix voice (laughs) register all of that means and it's like there is a whole craft that we are thinking about all the time and even though it seems like we're just like screaming at you that like there's a lot going on here yeah
1: (laughs) i feel like it's like um it's like a science or something i recently uh started, I took a few vocal lessons and, um, like I, I kind of would watch YouTube videos and do the thing, but I feel like I've been learning a lot about, um, yeah, just the different, like, there's so many things about yeah. voice yeah. and it's so complex and it's so subtle and it's like um i feel like it's almost like working out a little bit like um when you're first starting you're like i don't have a body what's my body and then like you start to learn like when you're squatting you need to like you know engage your glutes and like bring not have your knees over your toes or whatever you know that kind of thing and then like with voice it's the same thing when you start you're like what and then you start to Feel all those nuances and notice when you're breathing correctly and like all of those things. It's so interesting. Sorry, weird. Yeah, no,
0: and (laughs) I I love that. And that's the the thing about voice is that while all music can be really technical, Mm -hmm. voice has a high degree of intuitiveness to it Mm -hmm. that you have to sense what is happening. It's I mean, on guitar, like you can tell the instrument tells you whenever you're like doing something wrong because the sound won't happen. But like your voice is showing you something and your body is telling you something, but it's not the same way as with an instrument because we're like we are the instrument.
1: Yeah, yeah, with instruments, you can, like, visually see what someone's doing. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, someone can look at you or you can look at yourself and be like, oh, it's not, you know, and then with voice, it's like, I don't know, you know, like, it's all happening internally. Like, how are you supposed to know what's going on?
0: <laughs> yeah, and that—that's that's where you get, like, a really good voice teacher that can hear what you're doing and go, so cool. oh, yeah, like... <laughs> It's it's you know, you've done enough voice lessons, I'm sure, that it's like, oh yeah, imagine like lifting or imagine like there's so much imagination or think or metaphors that we use to like, oh, in in this sort of thing, imagine, you know, squeezing an apple or something, like whatever sort of thing that like for whatever reason this crazy ass metaphor actually works.
1: Yeah, you're like, <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: And and then, yeah, note comes out perfect. Yeah, you like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, tell me a deep nitty gritty thing in your songs or songwriting that you are particularly proud of, but people probably won't pick up on the first or second listen.
1: Hmm. I'd have to think about... Let me think about the songs. Um, hmm.
0: I mean, I know as a songwriter that there are little things in my songs that I'm like, I hope someone catches this. I'm yeah. going to put this here and maybe someone will eventually discover that little secret I put in there or this wordplay or this whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I have this song called Poise. And it's, it's about, it's about the government, but more specifically, like, um, trying to cope with all of the crazy stuff that's going on in the world. Like, um, I struggle with caring too much or not caring enough. Like I get really apathetic or I'm like crying. (laughs) And so, um, learning to still be active and still, you know, um, listen to what's going on in the world, but also not like lose my mind about it. Yeah. Anyway, so um, there's, there's a verse, and it's like, um, I'll die if I breathe in, but I'll suffocate. If I don't, I'm not entitled to oxygen. But a girl can only hope that you'd put your lips to my lips and breathe out just a little bit. I'm not asking for a whole script, just a pill or two for the fun of it. And I feel like a lot of people don't catch a lot of people think that that's about like kissing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's not it's about Um, mouth to mouth. Mm -hmm. And then the script part people think is about like a script that's like, you know, you write out a script, but um, the script, like a prescription. um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've explained that to a few people because they thought it was like a totally different uh, thing. But yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, that's another part of songwriting that Isn't I mean, yeah, as artists, we're expected to sing, we're expected to play an instrument and we're expected to write songs. And these are all things that are part of the things like so we're also poets. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell me about your poetry.
1: I honestly I don't know if I consider myself a poet Mm. just because I don't. Right. Other than when I'm writing songs. Um, so I guess like I do, I'll have like little, um, I'll I'll write lyrics sometimes first, but, uh, they're just very like short and very like song form. Like, I don't even know if I know how to write poetry anymore, (laughs) maybe when I was young, but, um, I don't know. I think I just, I don't know. Um, I, my purpose for doing it is really to like understand myself and to understand my friends and family, um, and just kind of process through that. Um, and and yeah, not just processing through like my own stuff, but processing through like, you know, my friends having a hard time. And so in order for me to try to understand it, I write a song about like what they're going through or, um, things that I've witnessed, like, you know, it's just I don't know, an examination yeah. <laughs> of everything, <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Do you do you show or like tell the people that you wrote songs about the songs?
1: yeah, um, it depends. Uh, if it's pretty mean, <laughs> generally yeah. no, yeah, um, but as I've gotten older, yeah, I do show people when I was younger, I wrote a lot of songs about a lot of things. And I was like, not telling anybody. Um, But yeah, now that I'm older, I definitely share things with people. um, Especially because now I have so many musician friends. Mm -hmm. And so you know, they're at my shows, and they're hearing my songs and stuff. And it feels a little, like, a lie if I'm singing a song I wrote about someone yes. and they're hearing it and not aware that it's about them. I feel like that's that's too much for me to yes. handle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. And then the other thing is just, like, performance. And I don't know how involved you were in performance, like, at ACM, but, like, it was so strange to me to, like, see performance students that were like, one, not wanting to perform, which is like, this is why you're here, but two, like, so unwilling to let go that the performances suffered because of it.
1: Yeah. Um. What was your major?
0: I did production as well, okay. but I just took all of the like additional songwriting and composition and stuff.
1: Okay. Gotcha. Okay. (laughs) Um, I think I get that. I like, I, I get what you're saying and I definitely agree. But then at the same time, I remember, um, when I first started feeling that way, Mm -hmm. um, like my legs would shake, Mm -hmm. like, uncontrollably yeah, yeah. um where it was kind of embarrassing on stage you know it was very obvious and things like that because I was so worried about people's opinion of me that I really couldn't get past it for for quite a while like a couple of years I really was just like um it was so much about me on mm-hmm. stage when I first started and so little about anything else and so I feel like I don't know what anyone else is experiencing, but when I was younger, I was so consumed with like that, with like me, me, me. Um, And I think now that I'm older, I feel like it's, it's still about me. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like I'm not up there um, Mm -hmm. only for other people, but um, I'm less worried about, I guess, what other people think like I'm less worried that someone's going to look at me and have an opinion that's suddenly going to like change my life and make everything horrible and I feel like when I get so consumed with the thought of like other people um the song suffers and the performance suffers and that experience that we're all supposed to share suffers because of that um but yeah no I think I, I think I get the performance thing especially since I feel like a lot of people who go to ACM haven't been performing on a regular basis until they get there um and not everyone by any means but there are a lot of people and um yeah it's terrifying in the beginning you know (laughs) (laughs)
0: um but i mean the best way to learn is by doing and like making mistakes absolutely yeah Yeah. so um What's something it's just entirely unrelated, but like trying to finish up the questions on this half of the list? Uh, <laughs> what's something people don't normally know about you?
1: Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I wonder. Hmm. Um, people might know this. This might not be like super t- cool to say, but um, I am certified teaching yoga cool I don't teach yoga mm-hmm. but I am certified yeah. <laughs> and uh um' and really i do i i like yoga a lot <laughs> yeah. so
0: yeah <laughs> uh what, like do you do yoga every day do you um
1: for, mm-hmm. un, to varying degrees yeah so sometimes I do yoga for like ten minutes and mm-hmm. sometimes I do it for like two hours it yeah. really depends um and it really depends on like what part of like how my life is, you know? Um, So lately it's been like, I'll do yoga maybe five days a week Mm -hmm. um, with like some stretching on the days that I don't. And then uh, sometimes I do yoga like an insane amount (laughs) whenever I'm less busy. So
0: yeah. Let's do yoga, Chloe Beth. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And then what advice do you have for people that are wanting to do what you do?
1: Um, honestly, I think don't wait until you're perfect. Um, I feel like that's really hard with creativity. Like you're never going to be perfect, but I feel like that's kind of the point, you know, um, like go out there, perform, like show people your art and, you know, get through all of those jitters and all of those things at whatever level you're at. Um, and you know, keep practicing. Don't, don't stop where you're at, but I feel like, yeah, don't wait until you feel like you have it all together. Cause you're never going to have it all together.
0: Yeah. And make your mistakes early yeah. on and make them big. so yeah. that you can just
1: <laughs> learn to make mistakes yeah. and be okay with it. Cause that is super hard. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Switching gears and actually just like for the sake of it's like getting dark. Should I like turn the light on or should I just keep the vibe like this?
1: Um, I'm fine with this. Yeah, yeah, um, but I'm okay. also good with lights, whatever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, we're also going to get a bit deep here. So. Cool.
1: Uh. Perfect.
0: <laughs> what is the role of spirituality or religion in your life?
1: Um, hmm. I think. I feel like. Spirituality helps me to feel more peaceful. Like, I don't know. So I, so I like I meditate and that's kind of my thing, like kind of the yoga thing. Um, so like breathing exercises and meditation and things like that are, um, what I consider my spirituality. Um, and so, yeah, I think, um, it just helps me to feel more peaceful and, um, kind of, uh be less self absorbed um uh cuz i think i get really caught up in like um my ego and like what people are thinking about me or like things that i did wrong or things like that and i feel like um spirituality helps me to uh to let go of that yeah sometimes <laughs> more more often than not <laughs>
0: how did you get to that point? How did you learn to meditate?
1: Um, I, I think it was honestly, um, when I started practicing yoga, Mm -hmm. so at the end of a yoga practice, there's something called Shavasana. Um, and so you just lay there for like anywhere from five to 15 minutes after you've just like worked out a bunch and (laughs) done the whole thing. And, uh, I remember the first several months of me practicing yoga, like every day um, in a studio, I hated it. Like <laughs> it was always my least favorite part. And then um, I started researching it because I feel like a lot of people, or at least me, um, I thought that meditation, you were just supposed to learn how to like turn your thoughts off. and that's so challenging um impossible not impossible but really far out of reach for me personally and uh and then I finally learned to um kind of let go of of all of those restrictions that I was kind of putting on myself within meditation which is kind of exactly not the point um and but yeah so I think it, it was just yoga and the shavasana and then I I took it to other places. Yeah. Um but
0: yeah. May I ask about church and that uh part of your life?
1: <laughs> sure. Um so my where do I start? Um my mom was a worship leader and a youth leader in church when I was really little. So like um I was born in Coral Springs, Florida, Hmm. and, uh, my dad was like the sound man Hmm. and also the youth leader. And so they, we were in church like five days a week at a Pentecostal church, um, which is like speaking in tongues and like fire and like, like dancing and painting and like very ecstatic and, um, and beautiful in a lot of ways, um not my vibe anymore, but like, um, I have some really wonderful memories of like, I, I so much freedom, uh, that, that they allow, um, that I think a lot of, I mean, a lot of constriction to, you know, stuff that I definitely don't agree with. But I think as far as like the music, um, it was like, we had a band and then like people were dancing like crazy and like kind of losing, losing it a little bit. And, uh, I thought that was really beautiful. Anyway, so we moved to Oklahoma and my parents stopped going to church. Um, And I didn't go to church until I was probably 11, but I started going on my own Mm. to youth group. And uh, I know I must have been 10. (laughs) I was so young. Um, But I started going on my own with my friends and uh, started leading worship at 11 um and then uh was really devoted and really into it like i was i kind of started doing on my own the whole like multiple days a week i was part of a leadership group and um and then i started leading worship on sunday mornings and sunday afternoons and <laughs> wednesday night you know the whole thing um and Like, I think I read the Bible through like two or three times and, you know, prayed every day and did the whole thing. And then um, around 16 or so, I I kind of realized that religion for me was actually making me hate a lot of the things about myself that were just... Natural and normal, you know, because there's so much um so many rules and like regulations at least in the church that I was in, where it was like like at one point, I remember I got in trouble for wearing a two piece bathing suit, you know, and they were like, you have to wear one piece, or um I got in trouble for going to see a rated R movie and was banned from church for two weeks, um when my mom told me I could go, you know, like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff that was like very um, restrictive, and so I um started to realize that you know I actually liked myself better when I wasn't holding myself accountable to all of these things that I um didn't naturally agree with and um I was a nicer person when I wasn't hating myself because I felt like I wasn't good enough to exist I think what really did it for me was first of all um like Gay people, I love. I'm I'm gay. I'm bisexual, and um. But then I didn't even know that at the time. I had a lot of gay friends, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't want to do the thing where I'm like, I love you, but I don't agree with what you do because I I didn't feel that way. Like mm-hmm. even even then, I was like, I love you and do your thing, dude. You know, <laughs> like it doesn't matter. Um, and then also, I think that I just didn't agree with the concept of that um we were born like not good enough you know Mm -hmm. that we were born as sinners and we were constantly seeking validation from something else Mm -hmm. um and i don't think that you know we're perfect or anything like that but i don't think that um the basis of like um hating yourself is really a vibe (laughs) that was such a young way to say that but i just i was like i don't i don't like this like and um And I was constantly just like begging for affirmation from people outside of myself and, you know, a God outside of myself. And so I started to let it go. I continued to lead worship until I think I was like 19. Um, I started leading worship at like a Baptist church and a Methodist church. And I was I was doing the whole thing. Um, But then I think I finally stopped when I was like 19 Mm -hmm. and uh, read this book called The Four Agreements, Mm -hmm. which is like, do you know?
0: I know about it, but explain.
1: I I can't remember what, um, like, where it originates from. I think it's, like, a Native American um, practice or religion or something like that. Um, it's been years since I've read it. But it just kind of explained, um, I I don't know. It explained concepts to me that I had never heard of because I was so, like, Christian mm-hmm. for, you know, 18 years of my life. And, um. I think what stuck out to me about that book was the, the part that we're not, um, we're not horrible, like just as we are, you know, and I, I, I'm a firm believer in improvement. Like, I don't think that I'm just, that I should just sit around and like continue to be how I am all the time. Like yeah. I want to be better and healthier. But, um, I think that was the main thing that stuck out to me is like, just that we're okay. You know, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> everything's all right. Um, and then from then I just, I, I read a lot of books and started doing yoga, um, as a way to be in shape and calm myself down and then really, um, figured out that I loved the, the, the concepts behind yoga as well and all of that. And now I'm here. (laughs) <laughs> it's thank a very you long explanation for, no
0: that's that's exactly what i want out of the question okay good uh, but thank you for sharing that yeah <laughs> what is your definition of god
1: um <laughs> i think it really is just everything i i feel like um god just is uh i don't think it's like a man or a woman. I think that it's just like energy. Um, And yeah, we're all, I feel like God's in everyone, God's in everything. Um, We're all connected that way. So yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) We are God.
1: Yeah. I'm God. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Please take that out of context. (laughs) What is free will? Um,
1: I mean, I feel like that's just, I don't know, like the, the concept that you can make your own choices. I, um, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that can always either turn into a really complicated question or not. And I always like saying where that goes.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's fair.
0: What do you think happens when we die?
1: I have no idea. Um, I think... Yeah, I really don't know. Uh part of me I think that the most the one that I'm leaning towards the most is just that we are just done. Um or I I think sometimes I really do think that we reincarnate and that we go um to another body <laughs> and do the thing over and over again. Um but I'm yeah, I'm j I mean, obviously no one's sure, but I really like um uh, feel very loosely about that. I'm yeah, just yeah. Like, oh, I have no idea. <laughs>
0: sure. Yeah. I don't know is a valid answer.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? I'm interested.
0: Uh to quote another friend of mine who uh has been on this podcast is The Body Decays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also the hopefully. The people around you that care about you uh will uh celebrate your presence in their life and the things that you had done with them and mm. then you know mourn the absence of you but hopefully more so celebrate your existence yeah, 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 yeah. uh and you continue to exist in all of the ways in which you actually still do exist. Okay. We're perpetuating our existence right now. This is being recorded. This is going to go on the internet. Mm-hmm. And we will exist. We will be alive for as long as the internet exists.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fair.
0: That's neat.
1: Yeah. So almost like living on in memory kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And and then, like, the whole second death happens whenever all traces of you are then gone. Yeah. Uh, but who knows when that will be. Yeah. And uh, who cares?
1: <laughs> yeah, at that point, it's just, yeah, yeah interesting. <laughs>
0: uh, how do you determine what good behavior is?
1: Hmm. I think... <laughs> I feel like what feels good in my body, like what feels peaceful, um, but also, um, what's not hurting other people. But then I feel like that's, there's, there's an exception to that because I feel like, um, it's also like, what's not hurting me, you know? Cause sometimes you're in a situation where it's like you or the other person and it's not that cl- black and white ever, but sometimes you have to, you know, do what's good for you and not good for the other person, kind of thing. But I feel like, yeah, um, it's just a feeling of like um what feels yeah, what feels good in your body and um in your gut, you know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Reducing harm is not a bad guideline to work with. How do we reduce the division between people? Assuming that is something that you want to do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> uh, I think that'd be great. Yeah. Um, I think that we all, including myself, need to stop taking things so personally. Um, I think that would help a lot. I feel like we, as like just a human race, make everything about us. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's necessarily like something that people need to be hated on for. But I feel like, um, yeah, just not making things about ourselves so much and just understanding that everyone's operating like on their own path. And most people are not trying to like hurt your feelings, you know, um, some people are. But like assuming that most people aren't trying to hurt your feelings, I think would be beneficial for for everyone.
0: <laughs> and even for people that are trying to hurt your feelings, yeah, it might also help you to not take that so personally either
1: because it's not about you even if they are like it's about them yeah
0: yeah (laughs) do you believe humans are evil by nature
1: no (laughs) we talked about yeah no uh
0: but that is a question on the list and yeah uh uh,
1: do people say say yes? yes
0: uh there are people with different beliefs yeah that's so interesting
1: (laughs) i would love to hear like that like what do you believe what do you believe
0: uh we're pretty good we're lazy humans are pretty lazy
1: do you think we were in the start though like do you think that that's a product of um technology in the modern day
0: no i think humans like if you go to like prehistory and like pre-agricultural hunter-gatherer type tribes like we do enjoy just like chilling it's pretty great i (laughs) I agree yes Yes. um and in some ways like the dawn of agriculture was like a way of working even less Mm -hmm. like oh we have to like go out and hunt or like go out and like gather fruit and vegetables and stuff what if like i just Plant something, and now you have to go anywhere. Yeah. It's like cool, like good idea, but <laughs> also now we have to pay rent, and that sucks.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's the farmer's fault. They started it. Um,
0: <laughs> uh, but I mean, yeah, like humans are uh collaborative tribal people. Mm-hmm. And the sort of good and bad sides of that, that it, that comes from it. But like the reason why we like, it hurts so bad to be rejected comes from like a very human part of us that we need each other to survive on like a primal level. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I like love is so important to us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What do you think humanity is heading towards in the future?
1: Oh, man. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Yeah, I really have no idea. I think it could go both ways. I feel like right now, um, it's not looking good. (laughs) Um, But I also do think that... um, people just change very quickly. So I, I haven't lost faith that we're not going to have a moment as a as an entire world where we just are like, all right, that's enough and we're going to like move forward. I mean, like, environmentally and then like within the United States, like, politically, I mean, within the world, like, the way that everything is going, um, I don't feel like we're doing well. Um, <laughs> but I don't think that that means that, that's, that this is how... It's going to be forever. I'm not saying that, it, like, it, it, could, it could be bad. But I'm hopeful that people will, um, that will be able to, to, to change course.
0: <laughs> Speaking of changing course, what are you optimistic about for our future?
1: Um, I'm really optimistic because I feel like we have a major focus on mental health lately um like i feel like gen z specifically is really focused on mental health and um communication and those kinds of things and so i feel like hopefully um like the generations that are coming after us will be um more considerate and kinder to each other and healthier um yeah and just like more knowledgeable about how we interact and how we treat people. Um, so I feel like, I feel like that's really, that's really cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What makes you content?
1: Hmm. Um, I think the mornings, like (laughs) morning time, um, when you're just like drinking coffee and like, just with a, a person you love. I think, yeah, I think also people that I love, just being with them um, in silence <laughs> yeah. and talking to. But like, um, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Beautiful.
1: <laughs> what about you?
0: Uh, yeah. Humans <laughs> as well. Yeah. Uh, the people that we love. The details. Uh, and slowing down enough to notice them. Uh, The small rituals that bring us comfort that we don't always acknowledge them as rituals. Uh, Yeah. And yeah, peace and love Mm -hmm. is is pretty great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When will you be satisfied?
1: I don't think they'll ever be satisfied. Yeah. Um I yeah, I'm I'm not sure if that's possible. I feel like there's moments of satisfaction, but I feel like uh, they last for moments and then and then it's on to the next thing.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what advice do you have for people in general?
1: I think just um I feel like it's really important to be honest with yourself and other people. I feel like um, a lot of people are really worried about like people pleasing and like making other people happy. And I feel like it's important to listen to yourself and be honest with other people about what you're feeling and thinking when necessary. I mean, don't be don't be mean, but like, you know, <laughs> Yeah.
0: Uh, there's a quote from a Sunlux song, which is, are you doing love with your honesty?
1: Mm, I love that. Yeah, that's super cool. You just pulled that out.
0: <laughs> <Right> <laughs> I really here like in Sunlux. Front of me. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: was amazing. <laughs> uh,
0: I actually have two more questions. Okay. Uh, one specifically for you. All right. Which is your favorite plant?
1: Oh, um, I think I really like, oh man, that's a hard one. <laughs> um, probably this is kind of a cheating, this is kind of cheating, but like Hoyas, I really like Hoyas. Do you know, they're the ones with like the long branches that grow the leaves. Like I like Hoyas because they grow out their branches first. Mm-hmm. to get a feel for the world mm-hmm. and then they let their leaves out so it looks like they're dead and then they're not and then it looks like they're dead again and then they're not and yeah. it's yeah 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 that's my favorite plant uh, <laughs> the species of hoya yeah. or is yeah. it it's not a spe- Is i don't know it doesn't matter anyway right right
0: it's like a class or whatever <laughs> yeah. we're not biologists yeah we're musicians. Uh, I really like. We, we have a pothos that's like yes. just getting really long.
1: They're so tough too. Pothos just like yeah. they thrive wherever they're yeah. at. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I want to see it
0: later. <laughs> uh, and then, lastly, potentially most importantly, cake or pie.
1: Oh, um, <laughs> I, I have I have celiac, so I can't have either. Mm. Um. But I think cake. I think cake in, in my past. <laughs> yes, cake. Definitely.
0: Yeah. There's some good gluten free cakes. Yeah. It just
1: keeps getting better, honestly. Yeah. Like every year they're they're improving.
0: <laughs> that gluten free science is, uh-huh. is yeah. <laughs> making headway. Uh my wife is also gluten free. Oh, and really? so like I also have a lot of terrible wheat replacement things that is mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. Yes. (laughs) My friends are always like, uh, when we have to go out to eat, they're always like, where do you want to go? Because we can't eat and like, you can't eat anywhere. So like we have like three options. (laughs) Uh,
0: yeah. Chloe Beth, thank you so much for doing this with me.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Uh,
0: where can people find you and your things?
1: Um, my website is www.chloebethmusic.com and then my instagram is the same it's at chloebethmusic um i have a facebook which is chloe-beth um and that's c-h-l-o-e-b-e-t-h um and yeah that's where you can find me yeah
0: (laughs) i feel like maybe hopefully we have transcended the need to say www dot
1: but it's kind of fun (laughs) right right it's it's like can i say it i don't know sometimes yes sometimes not (laughs)
0: https colon slash slash
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly
0: whenever i'm like so i don't have like an email signature but i manually type my email signature Mm -hmm. every time I, i do too and so i like it's Name depending on the context, phone number, email, website. And I do, do https colon slash slash really? Santiago Ramones Does it dot make com. it a link then? Well, yeah, depending on like Google, like Gmail will if you press space, I think it'll automatically make it a link. But I do yeah, command K yeah. hyperlink yeah. Mm-hmm. everything. So <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> gotta make things as easy as possible. You can hyperlink your email as well.
1: Can, oh wow! Yes. I didn't know that. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> cool.
0: Uh, aside from the tangents, uh, <laughs> once again, thank you for doing this with me.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me.
0: I'm Santiago Ramones.
1: I'm Chloe Beth. Uh,
0: what song will go at the end of this podcast?
1: Um. Probably do my song. Be all right.
0: Find everything that I do on my website, santiagoramones.com. I make music and produce audio. The music you're hearing now is music I made. You can listen to official releases by Santiago Ramones on Spotify, Apple Music, and the other streaming places. Or you can support me directly by buying my music on Bandcamp. I'm working on Hypothetical, my first singer-songwriter album. So if you'd like to hear that at some point, there are lots of ways to support me on my website. There's a Discord server in which we discuss deep topics from the podcast, but it's also a community of beautiful human beings. All the links to all my things are on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. Please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It would mean a lot to me to hear what you have to say, and it lets others know what to expect better than I could ever explain. I want to help the world have deeper conversations, so thank you for listening to and supporting BitDev. (laughs) I always end the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong.